Welcome back to Sports Beat. Today we have a special episode for episode 16. We're here in the My Little Falls podcast studio. And of course, I'm joined by the man with a plan, Dave Warner. What's going on? Not much. What's going on with you? You're looking at it. Another day in beautiful paradise. I know it. I know it. Still rain, though. It is. I, I think that's just what we're going to have to live with. We're hoping the Diamond Dogs will get underway tonight, too. Yes. Opening day. Absolutely. Yep. We have a special episode, and we are joined by a, a local legend and an all-around CNYer, Bob Casulo. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, thank you. Looking forward to uh, the next hour or so, and two hours, whatever it takes, to see what's going on. So, what brings you back? Anything fun? Well, we we have uh, we kind of have the best of both worlds. Uh, we live in Fort Lauderdale uh, most of the time. My, we, my son Rocco's down there. He has two two of our grandkids, Lexi and CJ, and then of course up here. Uh, Jamie and his wife Heather, and they have two boys, Giovanni and uh, Cameron. So we go back and forth and uh, enjoy the pleasure of all of them. There you go. He what? he had some video up on Facebook. Uh, there were just yeah. kids everywhere. Yeah. I, yeah. it was like a zoo. <laughs> we had we came down to Dave, my brother Dave's place, and we ended up over at my nephew Andrew's because they have a beautiful kids playroom downstairs. We had ten adults and ten kids, and it rained like hell. And we were indoors all day. And I finally had enough, and I went out with an umbrella and cooked on the grill. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Not, nothing beats cooking on the grill. That's it, even in the rain. That's yep. true. Yep. <laughs> So uh, you follow sports, I'm sure. What what are you seeing? What's what's of an interest of you right now? Anything on your radar? Well, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things. And uh, you know, when you have the the in retirement, when you have the time, I have to sit back and kind of look at these things, and I can kind of maybe summarize it or capsulize it. I had a call from a good friend of mine in March, Mike Westhoff, who was a longtime special teams coach in uh, in the NFL, and. We worked together at the Jets, and we became, we were adversaries, and then we became friends and uh, partners in crime, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> we had a night, he just called out of the blue. He said, I just want to talk. And we talked, and uh, uh, I said, Mike, how much would it take for you to go back? He's a little older than me. I'm 70. Mike's probably 71 or 72. He says, they don't have enough money to get me back. He said, I wouldn't go back. And I said, you know what, Mike? I know exactly what you're talking about. It's different. Yeah, it's different. What 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 you read and what you see is happening, and uh, uh, um, I enjoyed every day of my coaching forty year career on three different levels. I don't know if I could say that now. Yeah, you know, and and that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy, and uh, you know, I know I'm now categorized as an old timer, old fashioned, but there was nothing wrong with old times and old fashioned. Not you at know? all, and. Um, what you see now is, and I kind of use the NBA as the example of of my the ruination of of sports, and and the reason being is these guys are phenomenal athletes. Sure, phenomenal athletes. It, it has nothing to do with the athletic ability. In my opinion, it has nothing to do with the color of their skin. It's the way the business is being handled. The players are now dictating where they want to play, how much they want to play, um, who they're going to play for, and it's chaos. Yeah. It's chaos. I mean, what happens is, okay, they, I guess the team this year is the Brooklyn Nets. Now, the Brooklyn Nets were nothing. Well, all of a sudden, three or four of these superstars said, hey, let's go play together. How about Brooklyn? <laughs> I don't know if that's how it happened, but that's how it appears to happen. Right. And now what do you got? The Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets are – 
they're they're pretty darn good. They're rolling through it. Yeah, you know, but my point is, I mean, James Harden, take James Harden, for example, and I don't know him from a bag of doorknobs. I know he's a phenomenal basketball player. The Houston Rockets, I think, two years ago, maybe three, but I think it was two years ago, were either in the semifinals or the finals. They can't win a game. Yeah. They can't win a game. And it's very simple because players walked out. Right. They basically said, we don't want to be here anymore. Right. For whatever reason they had, you know, and and they're not there. And the Houston Rockets are, it's terrible. Now you see Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. It's it's permeating into other sports. Aaron Rodgers. I don't want to play here anymore. Yeah. Well, well wait a minute now. Hold on. You know, hold on. <laughs> you have a contract, yeah, right? You, you you know. And, and, and. I know you want to talk about Al Davis a little bit later. And one of the things, I remember Al Davis coming to my office one time and saying to me, he says, Bob, he says, uh, what is the deal with college contracts? Yeah. I said, they're not, I mean, you sign them, but they don't mean anything. He, he says, that just blew his mind. Because in the NFL, you signed a contract. That was it. You were owned. Right. For lack of a better term. Well, now, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is trying to, start something or or what he's trying to do but i you know and again i don't know the guy none of us know the guy from you know but he he's a great player yeah but he's he's trying to hold the green bay packers at bay and if i was the green bay packers i'd say hey look at this thing you ain't going anywhere you're either gonna play for us or you're not gonna play play and it, it's interesting to me too because especially on the aaron Rodgers thing is Green Bay's had the star before. There will be another Aaron Rodgers on the team at some point. There, you know, they have a historic franchise. They you make pull it a up. Great point, Dick McPherson. When I worked for Coach McPherson, he his favorite saying: "The king is dead. Yeah. Long live the king." Yeah, and you know, you and then you know, we'd be looking around. But then when you'd stop and think and say, "Yeah, yeah, the king is dead. Long live the king." Yeah, you know, Brett Favre, you know, Aaron Rodgers. Before that. Uh, uh, a great one with Vince Lombardi. Yeah. Um, you know, you're right. There's always going to be a king. Yeah. You know, you can be replaced. Sure you can. Y'all can be replaced. It may not be the next guy, but everybody gets everybody gets replaced. When you think you're bigger than the the sport or the team or uh, especially the team. Yeah. You know, you're affecting a lot of people's lives. I know because sure. I've been in those locker rooms and I've been in those places and you know, we, when we went to the Super Bowl with the Raiders and, and we lost Barrett Robbins, vanished the night before the game, that affected 53 lives sure. of players. Sure. Forget the coaches and the administrations and the owners and all that. We didn't have a chance. Right. We were going to try. I mean, everybody that played tried. But the it just it, it was a knife in everybody's heart. It yeah. was terrible. And, I mean, I, I you know, the, the, the Packers, if I was them, I would just start working with the other kid and – and it, it was interesting to me because, first off, the, the way it came out was kind of just absolute bull. It came out on the, two hours before draft day. We were here recording when it yeah, when yeah, we got yeah. the big news. Remember this, and I believe this 100%. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Oh, absolutely. They don't just – I don't agree with sportscasters. I don't agree with newscasters. But they – very rarely do they just throw something out there without having some smoke. There's smoke somewhere. And when Adam Schefter is putting his name into it to put his name on he a tweet smoke. or something, he's got something. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, and, and if he knew it, obviously the Packers were aware of it. Sure. But the Packers chose to not, you know, uh, I don't know, 
make the trade or whatever they chose to. I don't know what they're doing, but I hope they stick to their guns, and, to be honest. With one you. Of the, I think they're pushing back, don't you? I mean, the, just the fact that there's no dialogue. Well, I the, think they're saying... They've said that they're trying to work it out and everything, yeah. but it seems like the bone of contention was is he didn't want the person that was replacing him, the backup, drafted last year. He thought that they wasted a draft pick. But, you know, and from the business aspect of the sport, um, it, it's all business, and they need to have a replacement that's ready to go. And what better way to, you know, we're going to draft this rookie. He's going to be on the bench for two to three years behind, watching Aaron Rodgers, listening to how he does, because he's one of the greatest in the game now. And there, and it, and it became a big controversy, like he took it personal. It's not personal. Well, you know, what you're forgetting is they drafted Aaron Rodgers when they had Brett Favre. Right. Aaron Rodgers sat for, well, at least one year, maybe yep. two. Okay, you know, so I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And right. He doesn't think so right now. No, you know, and, and it, it, I guess to to kind of capsulize or or summarize everything that we've been talking about is is in uh, the the individual is never bigger than the organization. Right. The organization is a part of a sport, which is you can call it what you want, a conglomerate, a, a country, a business, whatever. But um, you're all a part of it. And and when, when you know, and a guy from Houston, the owner from Houston a couple years ago, and uh, he, he, he made the public statement that the inmates are running the asylum. Yep. And, that, and that affected a lot of people. And I think the point he was trying to make had nothing to do with, with, with color. Had it didn't nothing. have anything to do with race. It was no, but yeah. but his choice of words yeah. were interpreted as such, you know. Right. And uh, but but the bottom line is you can't let the employees run the employers of the organization. Yeah. I guess that would be a nice way to put it, you know. And and everybody has a role. Uh, and a responsibility and a part, and uh, you know when 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 you have too many chiefs and not enough Indians, you're not going to be good, right? And that that's a problem. And and I think of something you know, growing up watching ESPN as as much as I could because it was the only game in town back when I was growing <laughs> Which up. Which has probably messed your mind up <laughs> like everybody else's. But I remember and somebody you work with and talked about on the podcast with Travis last time was Herm Edwards, and he said mm. nobody's bigger than the Shield. No, no one's bigger than the Shield. No, was, no. And Herm, Herm's other Herm's famous saying was, you know, that's why we play the games. Right, we play the games. You, you know, if it was up to ESPN, they'd sit down in August and they draw up the schedule and they put the win losses. And the scores, and at the end, and then they say, here's who's going to play in the playoffs, here's who's going to be the Super Bowl, and here's who's going to win next. What We're sells done. the most, right, We're yeah. Done. You know, and, and people every week, they have this, you know, ranking one to 30. Just let them, Herm said, that's why you play the games. Play the games. Yeah. You don't need all this other baloney, you know, just play the games. Analysis, or uh, paralysis, paralysis by, by analysis. analysis, yeah. <laughs> and that's what's making the money now. I mean, like the other... Uh, Yesterday, I think it was, I saw that uh, Stephen A. Smith throw that tantrum about the Boston Celtics. Hey, man, <laughs> somebody owns them, okay? Somebody owns the Boston Celtics. Somebody's running the show. Okay, if you don't like it, fortunately for you, you have a visual public forum sure. to express yourself, okay? But what? Why? I mean, what 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 are you trying to do? And he's a Knicks fan, so like, you should be worried about the Knicks getting well. First destroyed, of all, you shouldn't but... be a fan if you, if you're an unbiased 
reporter, Good point. like a newscaster. You know, you're not a Democrat. You're not a Republican. You're a reporter of the news. Right. You know, the way Chet Huntley, David Brinkley, Walter Cronkite, and the old-time guys did it. But, you know, he, he goes off on this rant, and he, I got to walk off the stage. I don't want to say. You already said it. Yeah. You already said it. I mean, you'd, you'd have to be deaf, blind, and dumb to not know what you're implying. You know, you already said it. And then... Yeah. Why? I mean, <laughs> we, 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 it's, what we talk about offline here is like the, the business of the game. And it, it, it drives me crazy because one of the things we were talking about with a group of my friends is there's no love of the game anymore. It's where my paycheck is going to be greatest and that's it. It's, 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 it's become bigger than the game. Yeah. It's become bigger than the game itself. Sure. You know, and really, when you look at last year, taking the NFL, for example, they played a 16-game schedule in playoffs with no fans. Yeah. Okay? And they played it. And I, to me, that should, you know, that should send a message, okay, now, instead of doing things to alienate, you're going to want, if you look at baseball, when they went on strike, I think it was 1994 or 95, I don't know if you guys were around and remember, but the Syracuse Chiefs then were the Toronto Blue Jays farm team. Right. You couldn't get a, you had to know somebody to get a ticket to go to a Toronto Blue Jays game. The baseball does a walkout. They have a strike. They couldn't give away tickets to go to the Toronto Blue Jays games. Right, yeah. So you, you talk about, you, you're, you're a short step away from, you know, exploding the dynamics of what you've created. Yeah, I mean, you know, when they went on a strike, I stopped watching baseball. Absolutely. Really? And I, not that I haven't seen a game since then, but I used to be an avid yeah. baseball watcher, yeah. Yankees, whatever, Red Sox. I stopped. Well, and the it other just thing, pissed me off. Well, and the other thing now too, again, you've got you you've 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 taken so much more than the game itself. Analytics. Yeah. That is I mean, you I'm watching I watch the Yankees now that I'm up here, you know, and I was watching the Marlins when I was down in Florida and you watch these games and you go, wait a minute, he just did that? He changed that picture, and then all of a sudden they throw up these stats. Well, you know, Johnny Jones' pitcher here is left-handed and against right-handed hitters that can't spell their last name. He's 12-2, and two and he strikes out 37 <laughs> And you're like, Saber what? Metric, stat of the game. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know, and I won't can't listen spell to his name. You know, and you're listening to these Yankee games, and uh, I love Paul O'Neill. Paul O'Neill is the best. Now, again, getting back to uh, Al Davis, he had one philosophy. Y'all remember what it was? Just win, baby. Right. That's it. That was his philosophy. He didn't want to hear about, is he right-handed, is he left-handed, you know, how many yards down the field you throw in the ball, did you run enough, did you pass enough, are you big enough, are you fast enough, are you short? He didn't want to know. Did you win the game? I forgot who it was. Somebody was on Dan Levitard's show a year or two ago and said stats don't mean shit if you won the game. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, that's a great Just point. win, baby. Right. You know, and he, he used to say, you, you know, we can we if we can win with mistakes, we can correct the mistakes. Right. But if you're losing and making the mistakes, you know, it's it's like running on a treadmill. You're not going anywhere. Right. You're not moving forward. You're you're, you're stuck in neutral. And, and the sad part is, is I always you know I understand my generation loves the idea of Vegas and going up and sitting in front of there and betting on it. But it's it's gotten to the point where the last couple of years, it's running know, the games. Right. 
I didn't say ruining the game. Running, <laughs> I say it's running the game. But you could, you could, you could probably being you know football is, is your sport. You were there for a ton of years, and, and you understand all the aspects of it. You could probably walk in and with a pretty high degree of accuracy pick who's going to be in the postseason every year to some degree. And, and well, it, so can the I mean, so can the so called experts. Yeah, you know, and and you know, if there's if there's twelve teams in the playoffs, you and and if twelve people are picking twelve teams to go to the playoffs. Yep. Okay, you're you're going to maybe slip on two. Sure. Now, do college football. It, it, that was you just... put a hundred people. <laughs> okay, your final four. Ninety-eight of those people are going to have the same final. There's the biggest problem. The biggest problem is college athletics, especially especially college football. Yeah, it's a joke. I mean, you got what 126 Division One football programs. I defy you to tell me how many more than four could legitimately win the national championship. I get into arguments with people up here all the time because, you know, how many times is and everybody says there's that Notre Dame bias. I'm not a fan of Notre Dame, and I get I get crucified because I'm down in Herkimer for it, and everybody's like, oh, how could you not? But Well, you got another non-Notre Dame fan Well, here. perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Birds of a feather, right? And But there's no reason for the last couple of years they should have even been close to playoffs. No, there's and what no they way. do is they, they – they, they, pander to them, sure. they cater to them, like they went to the ACC, which I don't think is a bad, if if Notre Dame was to say, we're going to join the ACC, Fine. I think that would be a good move. And not only looking at football, sure. but the basketball, sure. the baseball, uh, the women's sports, the ACC is a good, good fit for Notre Dame. Agreed. Okay. So now the ACC lets them in. As soon as they let them in last year in football, they were making – they wanted Notre Dame and Clemson, one of those, to go to the Final Four. Yep. How many went? Yeah. Both. Well, both. <laughs> you know, so and, – and, 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 again, the only reason Notre Dame doesn't do it is because of that football contract that they've got with NBC. Absolutely. And, again, the, the business is, is running the yep. sport. Yep. And, you know, you can never – if you go back 30, 40, 50 years with Ohio State – with uh, Woody Hayes and Michigan with Bo Schembechler, there was 95 scholarships. Yeah. Okay? And that's a lot of scholarships. And the the NCAA, the, the presidents, and they said, we, we've got to even up the field a little bit. So they dropped off to 85 scholarships. Well, that's 10 scholarships yep. times 126 schools. That's 1,260 football players that are out there yep. that can't go to Ohio State. They can't go to Michigan. They probably can't go to Notre Dame. So now you're Illinois, you're Syracuse, you're Pittsburgh, you're you're, uh, Colorado's. Those teams now have a chance. You know, if every one of those teams, 126 teams, gets five or six of those players, that makes them five or six better than they were before. So now let's look at today. I'm telling you, and you guys are nodding your heads. You got four teams. You got three teams, and then you got two other teams, maybe three other teams that could potentially win the national championship out of 126. Okay. How, do you, how do you fix that? Well, yeah. it's very simple. You go to the NFL. Okay, you go to the NFL on game day. There's 46 suited players. Yep. There's 53 on the active roster. Mm-hmm. In college football, there's 85. Do you really need 85 players? Lower that to 75. Now you got 10 more players times 126. You got 1,260 players yep. again that can't go to Alabama. Yep. That can't go. And then on top of it, 
On top of it, they put in this absurd freedom to roam. Yeah, the transfer portal. Come on. Come on. If you aren't playing, there's a reason you're not playing. Right. Okay? If you're a young guy and you're waiting your turn and you don't want to wait, you want to go somewhere else, you're still going to be a young guy. (laughs) And and, and being at SUNY where I was before working with the uh, student assembly there, we were always in Albany for stuff. So we would go catch a a football game over in uh, Albany. And that was their philosophy over there was they were trying to pick up the people that wanted to play football, had the love of the game, but weren't going to be able to make Mm -hmm. it into, in in this case, it was, you know, Rutgers, Syracuse, Boston College, you know. So that trickle-down effect's an interesting Well, it is. And, and, you know, all the – in fact, I think the Cincinnati Bengals have a starting lineman from Hobart College. And I tell everybody, especially when I used to work with the special teams, I'd always – I'd be working out kickers and snappers galore. And uh, I would say, look, okay, you want to go to Alabama, you want to go to Michigan, okay, you're going to get that much more exposure. But let me tell you something. If you're the best, if you're a good, great kicker, they will find you. I promise you they will find you. Adam Venetieri just retired. Where did he go to college? Anybody know? Boston College? North Dakota State. Nice. I believe it was North. It's either really? North or South Dakota State. Okay. And he's the best kicker probably of all time. Yeah. Yeah. He had, no, it did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, somebody found him. Yeah. That's somebody true. found him. Well, you, you got to think. I mean, the, the multi billion dollar facet that is NFL. And it's not sure. just NFL, it's any of the majors. You've got people sitting there that are watching every clip of everything that they can find anywhere on a computer. So, like you said, you're going to get found. If you're, if you're top of what you do, somebody's going to find you. And then, like when we drafted Sebastian Janikowski, and uh, you know, Mr. Davis, that was, I was just there. I was there maybe three, four months. I just got hired, and I and I had coached against him, and um, he was the best I ever saw. Yeah. And, and I remember Mr. Davis was saying, "How good is he?" I said, "He's the best I've ever saw." Well, how do you rate that? Well, I coached all the kickers when I was at Syracuse. Yep. Of which, at least. At least four or five combined punters and kickers went to the NFL. I coached four years at, at uh, Georgia Tech, and our punter went to the NFL. Okay. Punted for half dozen, six, seven years. I went to Michigan State. Our kicker, Paul Edinger, kicked for the Chicago Bears. Yep. So I said, they're all NFL kickers slash punters, and they are all still, at that time, we're still kicking. This guy puts them all to shame. You know, so wow. that says something. So now you can you can analyze uh, till the cows come home, you know. And, and he was like, "Well, what makes him so good?" And he he grilled the hell out of me now. But I mean, you know, just his his technique, the way the ball came off his foot, the distance, consistency, and the distance. You had to back up your your your, your facts, you know, without over analyzing because Al Davis, if he was still alive today, is not going to sit there and listen to you talk about. Okay, you know, the right-handed quarterback that wants to throw to left-handed receivers yeah. who only have single digits 30 yards down. He don't care about that. You know what I'm saying? He don't care. You don't, don't waste your time doing that. One of my favorite ones was uh, they were, I think it was Drew Brees, and they're talking about the difference in his metrics when he's in a dome and not in a dome. And I'm thinking, I don't give a shit where you're playing. Go go throw the ball, get get the touchdown, give well, give me my fantasy yeah. points first off because that's the other part. But Well, yeah. you know, and, and there's a lot more to it. But anyways, we're kind of beating that horse to death. <laughs> so so you mentioned Syracuse. Uh, they've, they've gone up and down a little bit. What do you uh, – 
what do you think is in store for the next couple of years for us uh, people that bleed orange? Um, you know, I wish him the best. Yeah. I, I, I follow him. Um, you know, I, I have my philosophies and my thoughts. And yeah. when, when, when I look at it, uh, you know, when I live down in Florida most of the year and, you know, I've worked with, you know, the Nick Sabans of the world at Alabama and uh, this guy that's at LSU and other guys, defense coordinator at Florida, we've all worked together. And I look at these teams and yeah. I, I enjoy watching them and, you know. It, it, it would be nice if uh, it would be nice if they could get in, in total back to college, if, if they could break that up. I'd like to see a 16 game playoff series. Yeah. Eight, yeah. 16, break it up. Well, if you, you, you want to do something. I did this, actually. Uh, you go last year, college football. Yeah. The final, now before the bowl games and playoffs, the final yeah. top 25 before the, the bowls and the playoffs. I'm with you. Take the top 16 teams. Alabama was number one. I believe Wisconsin was 16. Uh, Clemson was two. I believe uh, um, Iowa State might have been. Great games. Sure. But my point was, and again, us retired guys, we talk about a lot of things. Sure. And I presented that to them, and I said, well, what do you think the point spread's going to be when number four Oklahoma meets number whatever it was. Right. Uh, uh, 12. Um, Texas. Uh, Texas. Or, or Iowa. What do you think the point spread's going to be? Well, you know, it'll probably be six, seven points, I said. That'd be a good game to watch. Doesn't that justify a 16-team play? There's not going to be any. Now, Alabama's probably going to be a double-digit favorite no matter who the team is, whether it's 16, 12, 8, or 2, they're going to be a double-digit favorite. Yeah. Take that out of the equation. Like, whoever Notre Dame, wherever Notre Dame was slotted in at the time, they were like fifth or sixth. Yep. Because I don't think they got to be fourth until after It the, was the selection committee that right. put them up there. So I think they were like fifth or sixth, which would have made them play nine or ten. Yep. Okay? And 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 that team was like Cincinnati or, or somebody that was hotter than hell, you yeah. know? And they say, look at this. Wouldn't this be a great game? As it was, Georgia went and played Cincinnati in the bowl game. Yeah. And Cincinnati played awful. And they, what was it? It was a close game. It was. And Cincinnati played terrible. Yeah. You know, but my point is you could do 16 teams. And they say, well, let's, instead of four, let's go to eight. Why, why go to eight? That Just, doesn't, why? Yeah. Make it, make it more to give some more. Make it 16. Yeah. You know, and, and really, if you play 11 games. Yeah. And then you want to have a playoff. You know, I mean, a uh, championship game. Yeah. Okay. And then if you go to 16 teams, the winner, the top two teams would play four more games. So that's a total of 16 games you would play. 11, championship game would be 12. 12. And if you went all the way, it'd be four more. That's 16 games. That's an NFL schedule. But then they play four more. Right. You know, but my point is, hey, do you know what uh, Alabama's record was this year at the end of the year? 15-0. 15-0. and 0. Right. So you were one game short of the maximum you could play w- with a 16-game schedule. Right. You know, with a 16-game with the playoff, 16-team playoff. Can you imagine if they did a, a tw- uh, sorry, a 16-game playoff, like, you know, put the bracket in at the end of the regular season or whatever, and they started taking scholarships away, it's going to become a hell of a lot more competitive real friggin' quick? <laughs> That's what – but they don't look at it that way. No. It's all – the almighty TV is running the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. Just like Las Vegas is running – Yeah. We don't want to get into that. So jump, jumping back to college and, and kind of going back in time here, you were uh, you were in uh, Syracuse during the 91-92 season, and, and I think last time you said you beat everybody, and you and you really did. 
He had number four, uh, no, sorry, number five Florida, number 20 Pitt, uh, West Virginia, Boston College, uh, number one Florida, Temple, Maryland, Vandy, and then you capped off your season in 91 with a bowl win uh, versus number 16 Ohio State. Then in 92, you beat uh, number 24 West Virginia, Boston College at 17, Texas, Louisville, Pitt. You lost to Miami by six points. Um, and then you capped off the season with a Sun, what is it, Sun Devil Bowl on New Year's. It was the, no, it was the, uh, uh, what's that bowl game called in Phoenix? Uh, Fiesta Bowl. Fiesta Bowl. Okay. And uh, Colorado <laughs> State? Colorado. Colorado. I think they were in the top 10 at so, the time. Yeah. Uh, you beat everybody. Beat what, everybody. what do you remember most from that time? What players were standout in your mind? Well, we, we had, <laughs> we had, we recruited and had a, had a ton of good players. Um, uh, Marvin Graves was our quarterback. Our defense was loaded with guys. Yeah. You know, uh, we had offensive linemen galore. We had defensive linemen galore. We were very big in recruiting at that time in in the Northeast Corridor. Uh, uh, we, we tried to get the one or two top players in New York State. Pennsylvania, we got Marvin Harrison comes to mind right away out of Pennsylvania. The Washington, D.C. area, I think four of our starting front seven on defense were from the Washington, D.C. area. Nice. Um, the New England, we always got the best player, one of the two or three best players out of Massachusetts, out of Connecticut. We were in Canada. We got players out of Canada. My point is we, we drew a radius. We drew a, a circle, okay? Yep. And we wanted to focus and get as many players, good players as we could out of that circle. And, and the reason being, we were selling, your parents can watch you. And in that time, you were playing a, a Northeast, a, and you were playing an East Coast, Northeast heavy schedule. So your parents can not only see you at home, chances are if you're from Philadelphia, you're gonna play Temple, right, Maryland, Drivable games that we were playing right. against opponents, Pittsburgh, you know, um, Boston College. We, a funny story. Mike Holmgren, when I was with the Seahawks, you know, in the offseason, coaches just shoot the breeze all the time. Sure. And he, he stopped in my office and he sat down, he had a cup of coffee, and he goes, whatever. He goes, why can't Syracuse win? And at the time, this was in the 2000s when they were yeah, not yeah, very good. Yeah, to, no. And I'm being kind. but um, And I said, what are you talking about? He said, why can't that university ever win? So I turned around, I went to my computer, and I started on the YouTube with the Florida game, yeah. with the Oklahoma game, with the Texas game, uh, um, with the Miami game, yeah. with the Florida State. He's looking at that, he's going, oh, my God. He goes, I had no idea. I said, Mike, we were 20 and 4. Two years. 20 and 4. We lost to an undefeated East Carolina team. Undefeated. They were, they beat everybody. They had no losses that year. Right. We lost to Miami on the six inch line. Chris Gedney caught the pass, reached out with the ball, and it was six inches short of the goal line. We lost by six points. And that's when they were number one in the country. They were number correct? one in the country. We lost to Florida State, yep. and they were in the top two or three. Um, and I think the previous year we lost to Florida State that year, too. I think those were our four losses, home and home. We beat Florida. Yep. I mean, and he was like flabbergasted. He he had no idea, and I, you know, and he said, "Well, what the hell happened?" I said, "Mike, I haven't been there. I don't know. I don't know. I I have my philosophy, you know." But um, you were in the NFL and had other fish to fry. 
They used to say that. He used, do you know Mike? He used <laughs> to say that all the time. He said, I can't be bothered. I got more fish to fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is going to take us out of part one. So we're going to go to a commercial break and we will join you next week for part two. Visit My Little Falls and stay connected with the latest news information and events in the city. Our mission is to generate interest in the community and connect residents in a more meaningful way by facilitating deeper conversations about how these stories will shape the future of Little Falls, New York. Join thousands of weekly visitors who stay up to date with feature stories, interviews, videos, and our events calendar. It's about timely local news for the community, keeping citizens informed about important issues, telling stories about the people who live and work here, and giving locally owned businesses the opportunity to reach a very targeted audience of local residents and tourists alike. It's a whole new form of media-rich content developed specifically for today's mobile lifestyle and listeners. You can download our iOS app in the iTunes store or sign up for our weekly newsletter. Stop by today at mylittlefalls.com. You'll be glad you did. So, again, I know uh, high school sports, a lot of them are wrapping up. But if you would, uh, coaches and staff, please continue to include us in your sports reporting at sportsbeat at mylittlefalls.com. For updates and highlights throughout the week, find us on Facebook at Sportsbeat with Rob Drum. For your local news, sports, and our podcast home, find us on mylittlefalls.com. For Rob Drum here with Dave Warner, we'll talk to you next week.